Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, welcome to Tag Talk. This most what is this like my f- episode four of the special guest series, episode five, something like that. Anyway, this is a super super fun one because today we have my adopted Twitter dad and and Haley's adopted Twitter dad, the one and only Doc, or you know Br Doctor Bleacher Report Tech Man, your <laughs> your IT insight for all things the terrible Bleacher Report app. But I'll let, I'll let you introduce yourself before I slander you anymore. Jeremy Lambert told me I had to get a couple cheap shots in. I had to fight you live on air, so I had to do it. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Jeremy's always trying to get me to fight somebody. And, I mean, Kate will be happy to know that her bit just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> just torturing me with the BR tech support stuff. I get, like, two or three of those every time I do an NGL. You're the, <laughs> yeah. You're the expert but my favorite thing is when they ask me and they're like hey will you ask your dad why my aw pay-per-views aren't loaded <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like he doesn't know he has no clue i can't even get my printer to connect to my wi-fi like i'm not gonna do anything for an app <laughs> my my printer hasn't worked in like three years and it's sitting under my desk on its little shelf and honestly i i have no idea how to fix it it's just broken forever. So if anyone has printer advice, let me know. I would be very happy to know. My advice is just buy a new one. They're not that expensive. But it but it feels like such a waste, doesn't it? Like this was a this yeah. was a good printer and it served me well. But maybe I'll buy a new one. If you have printer recommendations, send them to me on Twitter. <laughs> maybe maybe I just bought a bad overly priced printer. I don't know. But Today we are going to review the. I mean, Caden, if you want to come over and fix it, you can come fix my printer. I, I don't know. I don't know if I trust you to fix my printer entirely. You might mess it up even worse, but that's fine. But today we're gonna review. We're gonna preview AW Revolution. You know, to be honest, there hasn't been that many matches announced. I expect that Tony will do his usual thing, where he announces like nine more matches over the course of the next few days, and it ends up being ridiculous. But We're going to talk about the ones that have been announced and maybe we'll talk about some that might be announced in the future. But like always, if you want your question, your comment, your whatever read on air, make sure to submit a super chat. You can also submit a super chat with a dad joke or if you want to flirt with my dad, who is. I just saw your tweet, too. (laughs) (laughs) I have to let the people know that we are shopping for a stepmom. I guess. So. This is a prime time to do it. So if you ha- if you want to flirt with my dad, you who doesn't have a camera, so you don't really know what he looks like, but he has a great I mean, voice. 
my profile so, picture is me. <laughs> Actually, and my picture here is me as like, I don't know, I was probably six right there. Oh, well, you know, we got the whole life story going. So you can submit a super chat to do that. But I did promise you guys a surprise. And so we have another guest who is joining us today. Um, you might be happy to see her. Maybe maybe you won't be happy to see her. I don't know. But it's the one and only. It's Haley. Guess who's back? Haley's Hello. here. Hello. <laughs> I hope people are happy to see me. I <laughs> no, no, Listen, I'm really stressed, but... But I'm here. We got a lot of comments every week. Where's Haley? How's Haley? What's Haley oh, doing? And I'm like, well, follow her on Twitter and you would know what she's doing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we couldn't really do a show with just me and my dad. It's bring your dad to work day. And there's two two daughters. So Haley had to come. And plus, you know what? I missed having Haley on the show. It's been weeks since Haley's been on the show. Oh, we have a super chat from Caden. Who says, hey, Chris, you absolute snack of a human. And then an obscene a number of emojis. Um, so that's potential step step parent number one for you is Caden. I miss no, all of Caden. No, 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 no. Replies. <laughs> there, are so, there are so many reasons why Caden is disqualified. <laughs> Where are they? Gender, <laughs> age. Uh, his, take, his take on Dominic Mysterio, like take your oh, that's pick. I I get it. We have another super chat from my sister Colby, who says, "Haley, my queen." Colby, I love you. She told me I told her earlier today that Haley was going to be on the show, and she said, "I'm going to come super chat." She's like, "I'm spending so much money on Fightful with all the super chats I give," and I'm like, "You've given like ten dollars total." I love how it's only ever for me, though. Like, they're all super chats about me, not even you. Like, what? Yeah, what the heck? Anyway, we're glad to have you, Haley. I think this show is going to go so well. Um, I don't think there will be any arguing or fighting at all, except for the fighting that I promised Jeremy Lambert. Um, and, you know, he's, he's my, like my boss, so I have to do it. But I'm, I don't know. I'm super excited to have you both here. I'm, I'm just living. But back to Revolution. Uh, before we like talk about any of the matches, this is kind of like a dumb question. But I want—I just want to guess what? How long do you think this pay per view is going to go? Let's start there. My guess: eight hours, solid. <laughs> eight hours. Oh. I mean, I don't know those those um, dark and Ring of Honor tapings they did were like eight hours. <laughs> it's and um collins and i were talking a little bit about it last week on the show it's in california and so it's going to start way earlier it's going to start at like four so i think tony khan will probably see that as an opportunity to really exercise his booking power um so that's why i say eight i'm thinking it's it's gonna clock in between four and a half and five at least yeah yeah i was Um, five five and a half and I mean, if that's what I'm not even counting the pre-show with that, like yeah. I'm talking about main card till the absolute end of the show, because mm-hmm. there will probably be some angle after the main event that takes up another, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Another super chat from Caden that says, can Tony stop the eight hours of tapings? I'm so tired. 
Um, no. What a what a what a humble brag that is to be like. I he go to so does, many. He always shows does that. And I'm oh, so my life is so hard. Tired. I have to go to these tapings and watch eight oh, hours of wrestling. You. Oh my gosh. Poor Caden. Uh, also from Hala, <laughs> who is a big supporter, tag talk on five dollar super sticker. Um, thank you, Hala. Um, anyway, <laughs> now that we're, we've roasted Caden, you know, sufficiently as we should, let's get into the card. And I'm going to start with what I think is probably most likely to be the worst match of the <laughs> I night. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Do you? Because there's two, there's two that I think could be like horrifically awful. But this one, I think, well, I've hated this whole angle from <laughs> like start to finish. And I I know Haley, you're pro- you probably think I'm going to say the tag team title match, no. but but I think Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho, the JAS banned from ringside, uh, so one on one for whatever reason Ricky Starks want to re- wants to wrestle Chris Jericho again. I don't know, but I think I think this is going to be just awful. I really do, genuinely. Yeah, I mean, we all know how. Kylie about Chris Jericho. However, I do love Ricky. I'm glad that he's on the card at least and mm-hmm. he's doing something. I I don't love the matchup. Um, and I can only assume that with these trademark filings and things, that we're going to see something after the match. Um, I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I I mean, I think that when Chris Jericho is in like a big singles match like this, especially when he's going to put somebody over, mm-hmm. he does tend to go the extra mile. Like what he, he did with orange Cassidy and that mimosa mayhem, like that shouldn't have worked, but it did. And yeah. That's and I, I, I think that him and Ricky will make this as entertaining as it can be. I don't think it needs to be more than 10 minutes. No. I think it's definitely going to be like a cool down match, <laughs> but I, I think it'll probably go after trios. Like that's where I have it on my like fantasy card. I don't know. It's just the Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho feud. I was excited about it at the beginning because I was like, okay, this is Ricky shot because Chris Jericho elevates people. Yeah. Um, But I don't know the entire, I guess it's because I'm really sour on the JAS. Like I'm not really that into this faction. I'm not into this version of Chris Jericho. Um, but if if it ends here, and like as Colin says with the super chat, Ricky has to beat him clean, center of the ring. I agree. I think Ricky needs to have a solid like. No, it can't be contested in any way because Action Andretti beat Chris Jericho, so Ricky Starks can beat Chris Jericho clean. And then I hope we really get back on track with the Chris Jericho is devolving and like losing his mind. That story that ha- they introduced after. Um, he lost to Action Andretti. I hope we get back there. And then I hope Ricky goes and does something fun. Like, I don't want it to continue. I guess that's what I'm saying. I want Ricky to win and then go, if not to the world title, then, like, a feud with literally anyone else. That's where I'm at. I could see him going after the TNT title, too. That's true. That's what I, that's what I think he might do. Because it, it mean, doesn't feel like there will be room in the world title picture for at least a few months. Yeah. So having him chase another belt does feel like the only way that they can capitalize on like a post Jericho win push. 
Yeah, and I do think AEW needs more really as much as I hate the term baby face, they need some more like really good baby faces because Kenny Omega is stuck in trios, which I love trios, so I'm not mad about it, but I'm also mad about it. You have Brian Danielson, who's not sure who he is at the end of the day. Brian Danielson is just Brian Danielson living his life. You have Moxley and the BCC who are heels, but also not heels, like the whole tweener thing. So they need like a good solid baby face. And if it's not going to be Hangman, I guess it, I wouldn't mind if it was Ricky. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many people would buy into it, but I wouldn't mind a baby face Miro coming back. Oh yeah. Like I know he's like, when you're that big, being a baby face is kind of hard because you're never the underdog, but people want him back so much that he's going to get cheered anyway when he shows up, if he shows up. Yeah, I definitely, I think so too. And I think Miro is one of those guys. He's kind of in like a weird situation, like how Claudio was in WWE, where he's a super athlete and fans are really pushing for him to be, uh, to be a star, to be a champion, to be featured in some capacity. And Miro really hasn't. And Miro, you know, he's done um, like a TV show and he's done other things, but I, like he's not on AWTV and he's been ready to go. And I don't know why I don't, you know, I'm not backstage. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, you know, if he has something going on, but it's kind of a waste not to put Miro on TV. So Miro Ricky would be a lot of fun. Um, the TNT title match, of course, at Revolution is Samoa Joe versus Wardlow, which I like, but also I'm ready to move on from that as well. So I don't know if you could stick Miro and Ricky in this mix somehow. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, this the TNT title match between Joe and Wardlow, like it'll probably be their last encounter, which is good because mm-hmm. I don't think Maggie's heart can take one more encounter <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> but... Explode. I know. Um, I honestly don't know who's going to win this one or who I want to win because I could actually see it going either way. I think, and I thought about it a lot, and I think, you know, Wardlow being champion would be fun, and I would like to see him get the run that maybe he deserved. But I don't know, something about Samoa Joe winning and being challenged by someone else, maybe Miro, maybe Ricky, because Samoa Joe, I think, has been really great in his role. I think he's really great on the mic. And I think, you know, he's really believable as a bad guy. And as much as I love Wardlow, and I'll I'll probably get a lot of, you know, hate from this from Maggie, and I'm really sorry. Uh, I don't think Wardlow as a babyface, apart from that first initial run when he's like beating up security and stuff, I think he's really plateaued. And I, I think... In terms of like value to the title, I guess I prefer Samoa Joe. I mean, is is the plateau his fault or is that the book? Oh, no. no, yeah, I don't think, See, I, think I think if they book him strong, he could be good again. But I'm kind of curious if if Tony wants to make a more definitive line between ROH and AEW now that ROH is starting up, he might not want one guy holding two titles like that. Yeah, that's so true. So I could see that as another reason to justify putting the title back on Wardlow. Yeah, we um just a pause. We have a super chat from Chris Spires who says to me Jericho faction Jericho's faction needs to break up. Um it hurts everyone in the faction but Jericho. 
I kind of agree. I think I think two I think two point because of their association with Jericho, they've been on TV a lot more, and I think that has helped them because it gives them an opportunity to be showcased. You know, they're Chris Jericho's underlings, but I think 2.0 before the JAS, I think fans were just kind of, here's two more tag team jobbers in AW. Um, but I think this has really been a good opportunity for them. But I think we're at the point where, especially with the Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia thing, where it's like, it's now or never. I think Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, that feud should, and I, they'll probably save it for double or nothing, I guess, but I think that really needs to get going. And I think 2.0 needs to break away. Hager can always be with Jericho because he's Jake Hager. He has rocks for brains. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do agree. And I think with, if Jericho loses to Ricky, which I think all three of us are in agreement, that will probably happen. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to do it. Like Chris Jericho's a loser and you could just have everyone leave him. And I think it would be fine. Uh, and then Ricky can go off and do bigger and better things that hopefully don't involve Jeff Jarrett. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh... Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, he's also on this card. <laughs> so real quick, before we get too far into what, we think about Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I am interviewing him tomorrow. T. I have long-term beef with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> she does. For, for what? Since I was a child. Days. When I was a kid, I was really, really, really into TNA. And I, I for, for whatever reason, like I was so invested in TNA that every time something, especially with Jeff Jarrett, but anything went wrong. I blamed him. And I feel like I still hold on to that resentment. And now I just have beef. <laughs> it's just one-sided beef. Jeff Jarrett does not care about me at all. <laughs> but I care. I care. And that's what matters. Yeah. Still love TNA, though. Great stuff. Early TNA, like, the first five, maybe even up to seven years of their first TV was great. Luke says, when you were a kid, you should still be invested in Impact. Luke, you know for damn sure that I am still invested in Impact. Don't try to expose me like that. <laughs> <laughs> but early TNA was a lot of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. And, I, like, you know, I was a kid, so I probably remember it being a lot better than it was. But I really did enjoy it. And then I kind of fell off with it around, like, 2009, 2010. But I came back into it with Impact. Impact got me. Um, and so that's Jeff Jarrett and I, um, there's, there's one-sided tension there. So when you interview Jeff Jarrett, try <laughs> not to think about the beef that I have with him. I can't believe you're interviewing Jeff Jarrett in the middle of this horrible, horrible gun club story. I mean, at least I'm not interviewing the gun club. <laughs> Oh no. And I feel so bad my hatred for the gun club because they're such nice boys. Like they're really polite, like to fans yeah. and they're good, they're nice to kids and stuff, but it's like Colton told me to shut up. I mean, he was probably right to do so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I I didn't even I didn't even tag him, but I sent out a tweet that is like, how do Colton and Austin both look like their dad but not at all like brothers? 
and like sean retweeted that with a bunch of laughing emojis and then like an hour later i get a reply from colton just saying shut up doc (laughs) it's true and i think they both for they look like um like kind of like aliens wearing human skin oh my god like they they gave me like uncanny valley you know (laughs) they're like no kind of like ai i i know what you mean yeah yeah well, now that we're talking about the guns, I am, I wasn't going to talk about this match now, but let's get into it. The AW World Tag Team Championship. We have the guns, who are champions, somehow, uh, against the acclaimed, against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, and then TBD, to be decided. Um, thought, okay, well, general thoughts on this tag team division and the direction of it. Um, and then... Who do you think is going to come out on top of this match? And also the to be announced team. What do you think about that? And it'll probably be announced like Wednesday, and we'll all look dumb for making grandiose predictions, and it's going to be like Serpentico or something. But what are your thoughts? I I know this is a show about tag team wrestling, but I have to say that the tag team division for me lately has been a little hot garbage. Yeah, it's been really hot and cold for me. I think that there are, like, good spots. Like, I um, I loved seeing the Bucks and Aussie Open wrestle. Like, there are things in the division that I do like, but as an overall, right now, I'm just not super invested in it. Like, I, I don't know. I like other things more, and that oh. pains me. Super what? chat from Hollis says, thoughts on AW and FTR trolling each other. We will get to that. Um, but I wanted to address the um, sort of, and I, I'm cutting Chris off here, but Haley said that about the tag team division not being great and everything. And I just wanted to preface this discussion by saying that uh, FTR, I don't think we can count as maybe being in this match because I don't know what FTR is doing. But I also wanted to preface it by saying that I am, I am in firm. Uh, I fully believe that the tag team division can be turned around, and that all it would take is the House of Black winning and the Young Bucks being back in the tag team division. That being said, Doc, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm really interested in who the fourth team is going to be. Yeah, mostly because I don't. I don't know if they're going to hot potato the belt and put him right back on the acclaimed. I don't think mm. Jarrett, I don't think Jarrett and lethal are winning here. I might stop watching. Um, <laughs> That's the only thing that could be worse than the gun club. <laughs> Do we know who's all in the battle Royal this time? To determine um, the fourth match. Best friends is in there. Most the open is. I, top, I really do. It'll probably be in there. Yeah. I can look it up really quick. I saw it on. Hold on. I tried to find a graphic, but the only one I could find was for the last Battle Royal they did. It's on their yeah. Instagram, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, Aussie okay. Open 2.0, um, The Kingdom, Best Friends, uh, Dark Order, uh, Butcher and Blade. I mean... Maybe maybe Butcher and Blade or Dark Order. I don't know. It's like the tag team division, because 
and because we talked about it all the time because of trios it's like there's a, a really big lack of star power and i do think ftr would be the biggest stars in the tag team division if they came back i just i just don't know if like you just throw them in as i don't know but chris or doc i never call you chris i call you doc finish <laughs> what you were saying um yeah, I feel like whoever that fourth team is is going to determine my prediction. Because if it's yeah. somebody like, unfortunately, even though I'd love to see them get a run, if it's the Butcher and the Blade, they're probably not winning, and I bet the guns yeah. will retain. But I could actually see them using this as an opportunity to get the belts away from the guns and the acclaimed and let that feud play out without the titles. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, like a team like Top Flight or Best Friends, both of them really feel like they could help the tag team division right now because both of them are over. Yeah. Well, Super Chat from Caden says FTR is the Joker in the Battle Royale. So I guess we have to address the FTR elephant in the room. So FTR, like, I think it was on Dax's podcast, said like they're not going to make a decision on wrestling until April. They don't know if they're going to wrestle anymore, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the last couple weeks or so, FTR and AW, like, on social media, have been going back and forth. AW didn't post the uh, uh, Wrestling Observer Award that FTR had won. They posted everyone else's, blah, blah, blah. So, people think either FTR has already re-signed with AW and is coming back, or they're going to, you know, come back and maybe re-sign in April. Whatever the situation may be. And I do think FTR coming back would make the acclaimed you know, title snub feel a little bit better because then it's uh, the gun club losing on the pay-per-view and not the acclaimed. So maybe it would make up for it a little bit, but I think the best friends, they did that beat down angle on, uh, on dynamite. I think it was dynamite. Um, and ba- and they like broke Chucky e. T's leg broke his leg and like smashed Trent skull in and all this sort of stuff. So I don't know about the best friends, but my, I guess my thoughts are, it can't be Jerry Lee's and Jeff Jarrett. Like there's no way. And if it is, if Tony Khan books them to win, I don't even know what, I don't even know if my brain can comprehend something like that. That would just be horrific. I could see the acclaimed maybe like getting it back, but I do think regardless of who the, uh, the fourth team is, I think the guns are losing them. There's no way the gun club can win on pay-per-view. There's no way, right? I mean, unless we get the, we finally get the swerve where Billy helps his kids and goes back with them, which a lot of people have. Huh? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) You, you, you You had some connectivity issues there, Kylie. Oh no. Well, anyway, what do you think, Haley? <laughs> Am I back? Am I back? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, well, you're a little laggy still. Uh-oh. She just force quits the whole thing. me. <laughs> <laughs> you're back now. Okay, there we go. You're good. Am I? I have, like, yeah. a little Wi-Fi symbol, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you're fine now. We're good? Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't hear okay. anything that you were saying no. about the prediction. Um, where did I leave? Oh, I don't remember where I left off. 
But anyway, um, well, we didn't hear. We didn't hear any of it. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to remember what I said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't why remember. Someone, someone talk and we'll jog my memory. Why aren't the guns going to win? You can't. That makes no sense. And at least to me. I feel like them winning the titles was more of like a shock value than anything else. And like, that's that. Um, I, yeah. I don't think that they're going to retain. I, listen, I, with, oh my God, with Aussie Open um, doing the like second chance battle royal thing. Um, I know that Mark, I think was scheduled to do a match in New Japan on the 6th and so it would have taken them out of revolution but it changed to the 8th so i'm just saying why is that I don't know. could it be I'll, Aussie I, open? I'll accept it I, I don't like aussie open though when was it changed to the 8th a couple weeks ago hmm. maybe like last week I'm just wondering, like, if Tony already had the fourth team in mind, would he change it to get Aussie Open in there? Because as much as, like, we like Aussie Open, they're not exactly the most well-known team, and they're not really an AEW team. Yeah. So I think, personally, they should use it as a chance to feature one of the teams that's over. Like, Like, Top Flight, really, a lot of people thought that they should have had a run by now. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, too. yeah, and also the fact that we never got a Santana and Ortiz run just feels criminal. We have a super chat from Colby who says best friends for tag champs. Yes, always. I wouldn't. That's another team that I feel like really deserves a uh, a title run is best friends. Yeah, yeah. Trent and Chuck have been really dependable. They're really likable. They've been so good for AEW. Yeah. They, they really have. And now that they're I feel like they've been on TV a lot more the last month or so. So, you know, granted they're like doing stuff with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, but they're still on TV. So yeah. Maybe them. I don't know. I'm just like so disinterested in this division, to be honest. I think it's just because it was focused on the guns and the acclaimed for so long, but they do have a really solid foundation for a tag team division. They just need, I think they just need a little bit more variety in what we're seeing. Like give us a butcher and a blade win on TV once in a while, not just dark or elevation. I mean, even if you want to stick it on rampage or something, like I would watch rampage for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think they introduced that faction of like butcher blade, bunny, Kip and Penelope and I would like to see them do something with that. Like, I think that's really, they're, that's something so unique to AEW, that faction. And I would like to see, I would like to see Bunny and Penelope doing more. Of course I would, because it's AEW women's division. Um, but like anything with that group, I would, I don't know, I'd be really into it. And I think FTR is like, the dream to have as the fourth team on this pay-per-view. I think fans would love it, but I almost feel like you would, if you were going to have them wrestle on a pay-per-view, you would almost want the surprise 
of them just being there instead of, you know, winning a battle royal and then going to the pay-per-view. Or, I mean, I guess maybe you would want to advertise them so people buy it. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I'm just like, eh, no thoughts, head empty, tag team division, in the mud. I think we can all agree that as long as it's not Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. <laughs> that's that's the conclusion. Everybody <laughs> but them. I don't even care if the guns retain. Just as long as Jeff Jarrett. If they pin Jeff Jarrett, uh, Colton pins Jeff Jarrett, I would be so into that. <laughs> it's so funny that, like, it's really crazy that Jeff Jarrett is still around because he was around when I began watching wrestling as a kid. Like him and Sting, like the fact that both those guys are still kind of doing stuff is it's nuts to me. Like I give Jarrett credit for his longevity. Like the fact that he can still go at his age is nuts to me. Like I know I'll never be able to <laughs> to to do that. What? So he looks really good um, for his age. Like he's in really good shape and stuff. So, you know. And he moves around well still, too. And yeah. it's because he's like, he's always been kind of a safe worker in terms of mm-hmm. he doesn't do like high spots. So he just hasn't really been injured that much in his career. <sighs> okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I don't think he should win either, but. I probably have a little more respect for Jeff Jarrett than I think some of the people online do right now. Like, I understand the criticism, but I also get, like, that guy popped up everywhere last year for a reason, and it's because, like, he still has marketability to him. And I I did, like, especially the stuff he did um, on the indies last year, I thought was a lot of fun. Oh, like with Effie? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. And I have a lot of thoughts about that, but I do think that Jeff, a booking aside, I think Jeff Jarrett was a lot more athletic and charismatic than I gave him credit for. But I don't know if it's translating well to AEW, that sort of momentum that he had. I think people are, I think it because he's with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. I think people are just annoyed because I think we were conditioned to think that Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt were like mid card, like joke guys who just were there because uh, to get Satnam Singh over probably, but they're because, you know, they're, they're friends with the young bucks, whatever. And then now Jeff Jarrett's with them. And all of a sudden now they're beating up the best friends who are AW originals and being annoying. And I don't know. I don't know. I as long as it's not them who wins, I'm okay. I'll, even if it's the guns, I'll surprise. I'll, I'll I'll survive it. I'll be I'll be fine. I will. I think there'll be a couple tweets, but she'll live. I'll I'll survive it. Uh, you guys can roast me in the quote tweets if you want, but I'll be fine. So, uh, you know what? Let's move on. Let's talk about the AW Women's World Championship match because. I don't think I've talked to either of you really about this match. I don't think. So I'm like curious what you have to say. So the women's division has been building like this this homegrown talent versus outsiders talent fight, this feud for like ages, it feels like, like months since Soraya got here. Um, And so 
instead of a women's blood and guts, which I think we all thought was going to happen, we're getting a women's three-way. It's Jamie Hayter, the champion, versus Soraya versus versus Ruby Soho. So you have a homegrown Jamie Hayter, an outsider Soraya, and then Ruby Soho, who um, is not part of either team. She's like on an island on her own, and it's like, who will Ruby Soho choose? Um, I'm excited for the match because I think it'll be good especially with these three, because I think they're three really talented women. But now I'm not entirely sure on the direction of the story. I'm like, I'm confused. So what do you guys think about it? As long oh. as, ja- as long as Jamie retains, I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else that happens is whatever. I just want Jamie to retain. That's where I'm at. But I also, and I've been scratching my head about this for the longest time. And it's the Brit and Jamie kind of relationship. And yeah. every single time a pay-per-view comes up, I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to be the time that Brit like turns on Jamie and whatever. Because I don't think that babyface Brit makes sense. Like, I just, I don't like a babyface Brit. Um, I like her more as a heel. But I'm like, maybe this is the time, this time. Because, <laughs> I mean, she didn't yeah. like offer her, offer her a title shot. Um, and Brett was kind of like salty about that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we could see that at the end of the match. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Brett sides with the outsiders. I don't really know. I think people expect Ruby Soho to do that. Ruby Soho to side with yeah. Soraya and like make something of that. But maybe it's maybe it's a swerve. Maybe Ruby sides with the homegrown talent because she does have that relationship with Willow. And on uh, Rampage, she came out and helped Willow. So maybe they do something like that. I think that would be interesting. But I feel like this story hasn't had a lot of life in it. And it's because it's mainly Soraya who's carrying it. And I think fans aren't into Soraya. Like maybe AW expected they would be. I'm into Soraya. But I think other people aren't. And I think Tony Storm uh, has kind of faded to the background. She was champion, but then she just kind of she's with Soraya and then fans love her and now she's a heel but fans aren't I don't think people really like her as a heel but they like Brit as a heel so it's it's all messed up it's so convoluted that I think this is the spot where they really need to work to make the division clear like who's on this side who's on this side um no one can really be in the middle anymore and they really need to push it if this if they're really gonna commit to a homegrown versus outsider story uh especially if it's going to lead to blood and guts or something like that. They really need to draw the lines because the Ruby Soho's in between and Brit's in between and Tony's in between. And where's Willow fit into all of this? What about the bunny? What about Penelope? So it's like, draw the lines, just get it over with. And I think Jamie retains here. Um, I could see there beating like a beat down angle because Tony loves uh, Tony Khan loves those uh, or something along those lines. I don't know. I, much like the TBS title picture, I feel like there's no direction here apart from building this feud. And then Jade is on her own island over there being TBS champion, beating everyone with apparently no end in sight. So I don't even know if she's going to make it on this card. (laughs) I just, and I want to say, because you kind of brought up um, like the women's title pictures Mm -hmm. for like, a long period of time, the only stories that, like, really made any sense in the women's division were, like, title stories. And I feel like that's changing. Like, it's really muddy. 
Um, and like you said, they definitely need to kind of draw those lines and clean up these stories a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like there's way too much going on. <laughs> I also do want to point out one thing, though. In pro wrestling, there is a long history of just women never being able to get along for very long. Like, one always turns on another. And I kind of yeah. like that they haven't gone that way with Britain. It is a bit yet. Like, it's just a little refreshing to kind of have a storyline where, oh, one of them isn't actually stabbing the other one in the back and they're going to mm -hmm. remain friends and be supportive of each other. Like, having that does kind of make me think that maybe Brit and Jamie won't ever feud. Or at least not anytime soon. But yeah, Jamie has to win here. Like, she's too over right now. That pop she gets every time her music plays, I love it. Like, I love yeah. that so much. And they really just have to keep her at the forefront there. And I do think that eventually they'll build toward Jamie versus Jade after they take the the TBS title off Jade with whoever. Yeah, I think that's where they're going to, especially... Um, I think it was Jade who said it in an interview that she feels like she's ready to swim with the big fish in the women's world title picture. Um, her run as TBS champion has, I think, been good. I just feel like the moment to dethrone her was the Red Velvet match, and they didn't do it. And now, I don't... I mean, unless they're bringing someone in to beat her or they're going to build someone to beat her, like Willow or something like that, um, she's just kind of floating. And that sucks because Jade, I think, is a star. And I think her star power will only diminish as long as she's not on TV or doing something meaningful. Uh, but Jamie is like the face of this division. And I think fans, the fact that she got over organically in while she was still in the, sh the shadow of Britt Baker, I think that's, that speaks volumes and she has to beat Soraya and Ruby Soho. Also with, uh, with Ruby Soho, like, having her conflicted between the two things i don't really care about that too much like they do just need to pull the trigger and decide like okay she's either on this side or this side but if they had booked her the way i think they should have booked her for a long time that wouldn't be necessary like i think ruby soho should be the john moxley of the women's division like she should just kind of be even though moxley has a team he's still very much a loner yeah and, like, he just comes out, beats people up, and leaves. And I wish that's what they would do with Ruby, because I think she has the badass vibe that could pull that off. No, I really, I do agree. And that makes me think almost that then maybe they shouldn't have gotten her involved in the story at all. That maybe Ruby um, should have just, like, been in a feud on the sidelines, doing something else. Because now that she's involved in this, she does have to pick baby face or heel basically and i think as much as you know soraya and tony storm are big names and i think they're valuable to wrestling i i don't really feel like ruby soho fits there i think fans still love her too much and but then i also don't think she fits as a homegrown talent and i almost feel like she's she doesn't fit in the story and i think i don't know who else you would put in her spot i mean you're doing homegrown versus outsiders. You don't have that many outsiders in the women's division apart and from what you know, happened to Sheeta. Where did she go in all this? 
I don't know. She returned, and then they did that thing where Soraya chose Tony over Sheeta, and then they did that one match uh, where Sheeta gave um, gave her the stick, and then that was it. She they was never gone. followed up on that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, don't I don't know. Maybe maybe Sheeta maybe she maybe she yeah maybe Sheeta returns here and does an angle, and this this whole thing makes sense. I don't know. I Riho's returning, so I guess they're there's, again. Again, <laughs> she leaves and returns all the time. I poor Riho. I don't know. The women's division is kind of like stuck. Like they they really rushed the story. Like every week it was more and more and more, and now they're like cooling it off. But by cooling it off, I feel like it's losing momentum. So I don't know. Honestly, but I think we they need to get the belt off Jade. Like yeah. it's not helping her to have it anymore. It did at first, yeah. But now it needs to be used to get somebody else over because, like, she is kind of weighing that belt down. Unfortunately, at least in I, my opinion. No, I do agree, and it's because she she's run through. She's like what, like fifty five and oh or something like that. She's like up there. She's run through so many people, won so many matches. That it almost feels like she has to move on to be in the world title situation. Yeah, she's, she's facing like, like Vert Vixen, who don't get me yeah. wrong, like is great, but it's not like she's a a well known AEW regular on TV like yeah. like Willow is these days. Yeah, and it's that's why I thought with Red Velvet that they were just gonna jump the gun and give Red Velvet the belt because. They had dissension in the baddies, and I was like, it, the story wasn't really formed yet, but it was like, I felt like after she, uh, after Jade won her 50th match, and there were no clear, I mean, the Mercedes rumors, but there were no clear contenders in sight, I was like, okay, just do Red Velvet, and as much as that is like kind of blah and bland. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It will give us an opportunity to move on and we can do more stuff with the women's division, but then they didn't do it. Do you think they're waiting for Statlander? Because it felt like she was being built up to take the title from her. I feel like at this point, like they just, they can't wait for Chris. I don't know. I don't know when Statlander's coming back because I do agree. I think she was going to be there. I think she, I think she was going to end up being the 50th match. Yeah. Probably. But she, I don't know. Like, I don't know the status on her injury. I don't think anyone's reported much about the status of her injury, but at that point, it's like, now you just have to feed Jade jobbers until just waiting for Chris stat. And you're just in a holding pattern. And I do think Chris stat as champion would, um, would be great. And I think she would get over and I think fans would be fine with it. But like at this point, just do Willow. Like it's, yeah. it's not the same, but it's, I think Willow gets more from winning the title than Statlander would. I think Jade gets a lot from it because she can finally move on and we can all be free of this, this situation that we're in. And Willow and Jade are such polar opposite people that you could really easily write that storyline and make mm-hmm. it entertaining like th- her pure baby face energy goes so well against her like overly charismatic heel energy yeah i definitely agree and i think willow she's another one like jamie who just got over organically with the fans just um just by being charismatic and being fun and being different so i there's no one else really in the division, I think, that is in a spot where they could realistically beat Jade and fans would be enthusiastic about it. Like, I'm running through the division in my head. If you take out people who are involved in the uh, the five-on-five women's, you know, civil war that's happening, there's, like, really no one who's there yet. I mean, Serena was on TV all the time. What happened to her? I don't know. She was... And doing that stuff with uh, Mercedes Martinez, and then yeah, did she get she injured? The whole, I don't remember if she got injured or not. I don't either. I think fans would be excited to see her back because her matches, especially her matches with Sheeta, fans really love those. So I think they'd be excited about it. I just don't know um, if she comes back if Tony's going to put her in Ring of Honor because that's where Athena is. That's why yeah. she's not involved in this homegrown story thing. So, I don't know. The women's division is a big question mark for me. <laughs> like yeah. much things these days. But... Like much things these days. Um, so, looking at the card, we have a few matches left to go over. So, let's dive into John Moxley versus Hangman Page in a Texas death match. Oh, boy. Blood City. Going to be buckets. I'm ready. <laughs> It's going to be brutal. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yesterday I was in South Carolina. I flew back last night. I was visiting friends and we um, went shopping at the mall just for fun. And we met a guy uh, where I think we were at hot topic. He worked at hot topic, whatever. Um, I was wearing a best friend shirt. So we all started chatting about wrestling and he, one of my friends asked him his opinion on John Moxley and John Moxley bleeding. And he said, and I quote, he should bleed more. 
He's not doing enough. And honestly, this match is for them. Ricky from South Carolina, shout out to you. This match is going to be great. Hangman has to bleed more than Mox, I think. I think Hangman has to be just absolutely covered in blood. I want like Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes from Double or Nothing One. Oh, God. That, that level of listen, blood. That's hard I, to watch. I want the whole ring mat covered in blood. <laughs> like, I want it to look like someone just got murdered. Like, Jesus, but not literally, but not literally, but like, you know, I don't want anybody to die, die, but you know, that's that's what I want. I think Doc is in shock right now. I mean, I just don't want Renee to have a heart attack. She's used to it. <laughs> every time Moxley bleeds, she has some kind of funny reaction to it. But, like, I don't know. This match is obviously going to be crazy and violent and fun. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on the whole blood thing, to be honest with you. Like, mm. you know, if... If that's what Moxley wants to do, fine. Doesn't mean everybody has to watch it. <laughs> that's fair. And I think I think that's the type of wrestling that Mox likes to do. And it's, you know, they always say AEW's a variety show and that there's different styles, whatever. But I do understand when people say they don't want to look at blood. I completely get it. But like you can tune out and then tune back in. Like it's that's just that's just wrestling. That's just how AEW has always been. There's stuff that you're gonna like and stuff you're not gonna like. Um, but this is gonna it's a Texas death match. I expect barbed wire. I expect just absolute anarchy. Uh, I almost expect Hangman Page to bring back the noose, as controversial as the noose was. I think we're at a point where he could bring it back for this match and then we can be done with it again. I think that would be fun. Um but I think ultimately the story here is Hangman Page being tested against Moxley the same way Kenny Omega was in a deathmatch situation. Um, so I'm interested to see if they do any callbacks to the Moxley Omega series. Uh, preferably not the spot where they like rip up the ring to just the boards because I don't I don't want to see that ever again. But I think it'd be interesting, especially um, <laughs> we have a super chat from Rob. Who says this donation goes to help Chris find someone so Kylan Healy can have a mom fun? Rob, you, I, I've spent so much time trying to set Chris up with someone, and the the most compatible (laughs) person is Rob. No, (laughs) he's just no, just rejecting Rob live on air. Rob knows I love him, but no, man, man. Hey, I, I, I can't help the fact that I'm attracted to women. <laughs> it's okay, I understand. But anyway, back to hanging people <laughs> and talk about inappropriate things. Um, I do think that with you know the hangman page uno um promo from last week's dynamite with the young buck shoe in the background the young bucks putting the shoe as their instagram bio all the teases and things i do think we're the elite story is going to start progressing especially spoiler alert i think the house of black wins here um i think the story will start progressing and i fully expect the hangman omega dynamic to really come into play so i would love to see hangman page um sort of embodying deathmatch kenny omega here with a lot of the stuff kenny does and Moxley's going to be Moxley. He's going to be great in this deathmatch environment because that um, 
that's just John Mafia. That's who he is. I'm really excited for this one. I just hope nobody dies. Who do you think is going to win, though? <laughs> I think Moxley. Yeah. I, I think Hangman, as much as I love Hangman, I think he, much like Omega was, is a little bit out of his depths with the death the death match stuff. So I think that's an easy, um, an easy out. And I think a like a beaten down, bloody, broken Hangman, um, reuniting with maybe not on the show, reuniting with the elite, but being in that low spot. Um, and now that the elite are baby faces, they could do it where they they lift Hangman back up. On BTE um, question mark. On BTE question mark. I think there's a lot to, they can do there, and I don't know if Moxley is ever going on vacation. But I think we're past that. I think I think they they got a refund for their yeah. their, their Airbnb and all the stuff. Um, but I also think back on I think it was it was Dynamite at Rampage. I don't remember. There, it's all a blur to me. Um, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta being absolutely disgustingly mean. And Moxley sort of towing the heel line as well. I think there's something better there for them to do. Uh, And absolutely decimating Hangman Page would be a good way to do it, I think. So, first I just want to say I would love to see the Trunks make a return on Hangman. If we're going to bring the rope back, I think we need to bring the whole look back. And the leather vest. Yes, yes. Um... But two, I agree about um, Mox winning. I, I do think that for Hangman, there's more to be told with the Elite storyline now. But I'm not totally, um, I haven't like totally um, let go of wanting to see uh, the BCC versus the Elite at like Blood and Guts or something. I yeah. think. Which three yeah. from the BCC would it be? I mean, is, is Danielson is Danielson still in the BCC? Uh, his gear, he's like still BCC on it. Yeah, he's like the he's like the ugly he's like the ugly stepbrother. <laughs> he's <in the> not. <laughs> like I don't think they really care about him. <laughs> it does feel like he's separated from them for now, but. Yeah. They are still basically acting like he's part of the group, from what I understand. I mean, I don't know. It's weird because Claudio and Wheeler Yuta are kind of like Ring of Honor. And unless they just push them back into AEW and like really, I don't know. But Moxley, if Moxley deserves a vacation, but I guess he's not going to get it. I think turning down an opportunity to have Mox in a uh, blood and guts or like a multi-man match with Kenny and Hangman. Uh, so Mox is a definite, I think. Danielson probably if he's BCC, um, which I I wouldn't be surprised if they just kick him out. Uh, <laughs> after the Regal stuff, I feel like they should have, but that's besides the point. Um, but I don't know. And I, like while Haley was talking, I also had the idea like Hangman's story has always been about being better than the elite and being, you know, holding his own. So I wonder maybe if they give hangman the win here and then he did something that it took Kenny Omega so long to do in beating Moxley and beating Moxley at his own game. Maybe they do that instead. I don't know. I could actually, I could see Tony choosing to do like a, a no contest thing where just both guys take a huge spot and then, 
neither of them can answer a 10 count or whatever. I know that that would be an anticlimactic finish to this, but right now, both guys hold wins. Like, I don't really think either of them benefits much more than the other in the end. But, like, if they were to come to an ending where neither of them won, and then the next week on Dynamite, they just are like, whatever, shake hands and go our separate ways. Like, this is over and we're done it might be a more satisfying conclusion than either of them getting the win, to be honest, at least for me. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying. And I, I think that would be great, Uh, but I do think, and this is kind of bridging on our predictions for the trios championship. So you can bring that up if you want. I think the elite are losing the trios titles. I think the house of black needs it. Like, I don't think you can beat the house of black here. I, if, if the house of black loses, that's like, that's a travesty to me. Um, I think the elite loses here. And I think, I think they are moving towards BCC elite as much as it should be BCC house of black. I think it's BCC elite. Uh, I think that hangman and Mox are really the bridge to that. So do I. And I think, because I, I've said it like a million times on the show. So people in the chat are probably tired of me saying it. Um, I do think Danielson, Omega, all these guys are too old to really be pushing off rematches and, you know, these dream matches and things like that. So I think they really need to get the ball rolling on them. And I think this would be a good way to do it because you could do so much with it. Like you could do, you could do singles with it. You could do tag team matches with it, trios. You could do a ton of stuff with it. Cause I think there's so many guys involved in this. Um, and I think AW really does need the elite to be involved in a story that isn't just them being fun trios guys and doing basketball matches. I think the elite are too, their star power is too great that it's almost like they're being held back. As much as I love trios, I love trios titles. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Um, I do think that AW needs the elite to be in a more prominent spot. And I think this is a great way to do it. Bringing back the elite story that kind of disappeared after the suspension and doing something with the BCC because you remember when the BCC was first made uh, with Danielson and Moxley bleeding with each other and like just the power of that. I think people expected a lot more than what the BCC has done. So bringing them back um, and bringing the elite back into a prominent spot, I think would be good for AEW. Well, to piggyback off of what you said um, about the elite, as much as I enjoy like these trios matches and like these like short story type things, I think that they thrive more with long-term long-term storytelling, so to speak. Uh-huh. So I do think that, like you said, putting them in a more prominent spot like that um, is definitely needed. You know what? I, I want the House of Black to win, too. But what I specifically want is I want it to be Buddy who pins Kenny. Interesting. Because Buddy has been the most underserved member of that group. And him versus Kenny is a dream match for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think um, when Buddy had that singles match uh, against uh, Darby whenever it was, like a few weeks ago, I think I saw a lot of people saying that he put on too much muscle, that he wasn't as athletic, that he couldn't go toe-to-toe with Kenny Omega in the way he could back in, you know, 205 Live days. So I almost think that they need to give Buddy – a great showing and let him really hold his own against Kenny Omega and really feed into that similarity in their wrestling. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I think 
Malachi and Kenny is the one that people are really excited about that matchup. But I, I really do like that idea of really establishing Buddy because he does fall to the wayside, even behind Julia. He does, He's just kind of there. But he did on the House of Black promo, he did speak the most. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think maybe maybe Tony Khan's on your side with that, that this is going to be a, a showing for Buddy because I do, I do feel like he's the least recognizable and least popular member of the House of Black. Yeah, I mean, Malachi and Brody have a whole other tag team name for when it's just the two of them. Yeah. So, like, Buddy kind of has always felt like that third wheel. And like you said, even behind Julia. Yeah. Um, But I would, re- like, <laughs> I actually think it would be really funny if they started having Buddy and Julia doing a whole bunch of stuff, just the two of them, because then you got, like, <laughs> yeah, Rhea, Rhea and Dom yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. In WWE. But... Yeah, I love Buddy Murphy. That guy is one of those people who, like, if you give him 10 to 15 minutes with somebody who's as good as him, it's going to steal the show. Yeah. Like, every time. I can think of so many great matches from that guy on 205 Live that so many people have never seen. And I really do think that he needs to be the one to get the win here, but it'll probably be Malachi. Do we think someone's going to get misted? And if so, do we think that it's Kenny? Hmm. Could be Don. Yeah, or mm-hmm. and you know, and then I always forget that, that Don even exists until he's there, and I'm like, oh, Don. I he's I so unnecessary get... to the babyface elite. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kylie, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I almost feel like, uh, and this is like a really deep BTE throwback. I almost feel like they never capitalized on the Brandon Cutler to Dark Order story. Um. And I, maybe Brandon, but then again, what do you do with BPE? Does he just film the house of black? (laughs) If he joins the house of black, I would love to see Brandon do more. I think, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate Cutler. I think he's a good wrestler. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see more, but like you said, BTE, like that. He just filmed like, it's like it's like House of Black and like their 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 get up in Wendy's like those are giant cokes like I don't know uh, but I do and I think I said this a little while ago I feel like House of Black and BCC need to like get back in recruiting <laughs> just because BCC especially I feel like was founded on the idea that they're going to be recruiting a lot of people and then they recruited Wheeler Yuta and stopped which is dumb so I would like to see them do something else like bring someone else in but also house of black like it's so dumb to me that miro got misted sting got misted and they were able to fight the power of it but julia wasn't and uh, presumably buddy wasn't so i almost feel like they need to get they need to establish that again that the mist is a powerful thing because apparently miro is just walking around life with Malachi Black's influence, and he's just fighting it nonstop forever, I guess. But, like, imagine this, all right? Oh, God. So, like, say, like, we don't know what's going on with Kota, right? So, say that Kenny gets misted, and he goes on this, like, spiral, and he's, like, evil Kenny, and, like, Kota comes in, and he's, like, the only one that can pull Kenny back. Imagine that, though. I would love that. I would buy it, but 
I'm not at the end. Like, I'm not sure where Hangman fits in then. I don't know. I have to. I have to marinate on it. Just give me the humbucks and just (laughs) just Kenny go over there. Do your thing. But I don't know if Caden is still in the chat. But Caden, we Caden and I did a little show where we talked about it. He pitched almost the inverse of that. He pitched Uh Evil Coda. So Haley and Caden on the same page. All right, no, we're not. We are really Um, not. (laughs) But did all of us say House of Black for winning trio? I think so. Yeah, I think I think House of Black. Um, We oh, I think we only have okay. We have one match left: AW World Championship, a sixty-minute Iron Man match, which is going to I think really test um, MJF because he's never been in a match like this. MJF versus Brian Danielson. I tweeted this and I got some mixed responses. I think MJF as world champion has, well, he's been hindered by CM Punk, of course. Um, I think with the exception of this week's promo where he's talking about his fiance leaving him, like he has nothing left but the title. Apart from that, I think his title reign has been lackluster. I think, and I think it's because they dropped the devil thing. And they just went back to MJF being a rich, annoying idiot. Um, I think Brian Danielson should win. I think I think Brian Danielson as AW World Champion has more value to AEW than this current iteration of MJF. That being said, if MJF um, does something incredible here and like his character changes and we get a different side of him, which I think that promo segment we probably will, uh, I would be okay with MJF staying champion. But MJF just walking around in Burberry that's not for me where the world title should be. Yeah. I think that that iteration of MJF is really stale. Um, But I do think that Danielson brings out the best in a lot of people. And I've said from the start when MJF won the title, I was like, who, and (laughs) I hate doing this whenever somebody wins a title and you automatically like run through, like who's going to beat them for the title. But I was like, realistically, like, who could do it? And I kept running into, for myself, Danielson. Um, I don't know. I really want to see Danielson win. But like you said, if if something happens and we get a new MJF, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Especially with it being his first um, pay-per-view defense. But I don't know. I still want Danielson selfishly. (laughs) I want Danielson to win too. I, I I have this feeling it'll be MJF because I don't think Tony built all spent all that time building MJF up the way he did to have him lose in his first pay per view title defense. So I don't know how they go about doing that because he can't beat Brian clean. Like it has to be some kind of dirty cheating tactic. But yeah, I don't know. Like. I like MJF a lot, but him with the title isn't as interesting as him chasing something. Yeah. I, so, I no. no, I definitely agree. I think MJF's title run, I think if CM Punk had still been around, I think MJF versus CM Punk uh, for the title picture, like his first feud would have been really interesting. I think that because of the history they have, I think that would have served MJF more and I would have... I would have coming into this pay-per-view if it was MJF CM Punk, I would have bet that it would have been MJF or even at um, full gear. 
it, MJF. But I don't know. And I feel like Danielson is the best option here to be world champion because MJF, the devil story, I think fans really wanted to cheer him. And then it's like he won the title and then it's like, boom, devil's done. We're closing the door on that. And we're just going to get MJF as he's always been. And I do like MJF. And I do think that MJF is a talented wrestler. I think he's talented on the mic, all the things. But, and I I tweeted this and I can't remember who it was. I think, I don't remember. Maybe you guys can go find it in the chat. But someone said like sociopaths don't evolve because I had said that I want MJF. He keeps having these promos where he's like touching on something emotional and human, like in a CM Punk feud. And then again here this week with, um, an actual presumably real life story about his fiance instead of the girl he apparently like framed in a car crash, whatever that was. Um, but it's like, nothing ever comes of it. Like he has these peaks and then he's like, Oh, I'm back to who I was. And I think with the title, that is not something entertaining. I think fans have really lost a lot of um, interest in MJF because now he's just MJF as he's always been. So I think Danielson winning here. Um, I think it's better for AEW. And also I think it's better for MJF because you can spin that into another story. You could do something with him, force MJF into a situation where he has to evolve because he's not winning all the time, every match like he was before. So I almost feel like this is necessary. Like I said, if they do something with MJF in the match or like before the match or after the match where you still have that that happens and fans can buy into MJF again, I would be okay with it. I'm okay with either of them winning as long as it's not just MJF with his dumb scarf and his, you know, I'm from Long Island, that attitude. I'm okay with him winning. Let me ask you guys something. Do what? you think it was wrong of him to mention, like I know he didn't bring her up by name, but to mention Naomi in his promo, his, his ex? And I only ask because not only was that not widely known that the two had broken up, like I guess mm -hmm. it had started to make its way around that they unfollowed each other and deleted the engagement post. Mm -hmm. But him bringing that up in a promo and painting her as like, she left me and now I'm the victim. Yeah. It feels like it puts unnecessary heat on her and she's not in the business. Like she's an artist. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of unnecessary. I get what he was trying to do with it, but yeah. I, I almost feel like maybe that is going to put negative attention on her because we all know that there's jerk wrestling fans who will go to her account and be like, why'd you break up with him? Oh, they already are. They already are. I yeah. think that like MJF is somebody that like he he's very like old school in his way of thinking right so he like wants people to kind of say shit like that but at the same time i do think that it was unnecessary um that's a personal thing and i think that it should stay out of wrestling it's nobody's business and i saw a lot of comments under the um posters uh, that she was selling that he had signed that she was trying to get rid of and a lot of people were like 
oh, so this was just a cash grab and like just really like mean, nasty mm-hmm. comments. I just I don't I don't like stuff like that. I don't. Yeah, before I give my thoughts, the prior link podcast with the super chat says, Don't you dare be sour. That's, I... a, different, that's a different fightful show. <laughs> that's, a, that's not us, but I appreciate the super chat. Um <laughs> no, I do agree. I think it was and I mean, maybe, maybe he cleared it with her. I, I'm not sure, like, where they stand, if this was something, you know, mutual and amicable, the split. Yeah. I don't know. But I do think wrestling fans are weird. And I think that she's probably he going knows. to have... She's probably going to have the stigma of this forever. Just being MJF's ex. I'm breaking up, breaking MJF's heart, uh, whatever it is. And it sucks that, you know, by all reports, it's, this is something that really happened. They did split up. It sucks that her something that happened in her life that was so significant, people are still arguing on Twitter about whether or not it was a work, whether it's a shoot, which is like so belittling to her and MJF as people that this like significant real life thing is now wrestling fodder for, you know, Internet fights, which I think sucks. Um, And if maybe he cleared it with her, I don't know. But if he didn't, I feel like. It's, it's kind of short-sighted. I don't think he would do anything malicious like that. And, you know, sending oh, I, don't th- I don't think he meant to be a dick towards her. Yeah. But, like, he has to know that that would be an unintended consequence of even oh, mentioning, yeah. like, because he, he painted her he painted her as the one who walked out. Yeah. Whether, whether that's actually how it happened or not, like, based on a wrestling storyline, she's not a character on AEW television. So bringing yeah. her up, I don't feel like it, it benefited him at all. Yeah. He could have like, told a story about his mom or dad walking out on him when he was a kid or whatever. Like there's a million ways you can drum up heat without <laughs> bringing somebody yeah. else's private life into it. And it's the fact that he, he didn't mention her by name, but like everybody knows. And so it's like, he only, he almost could have said like, everyone I love has left me because of I'm so dedicated to being champion and like everyone's mad at me, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to mention anyone specific. And then he could move into the stuff where he's like calling out um, Danielson's kids, because I feel like calling out Danielson's kids should have been the takeaway from this whole promo exchange that he's going after Danielson's children and his family Um, that he wants to show that Danielson is a bad father. He's a bad man. He doesn't care about his kids, blah, blah, blah. That should have been the focus. But coming out of the promo, it's just people fighting over whether or not Naomi and MJF really broke up. And that shouldn't be the focus. Like, I feel like he called the children out by name. These are, like, small children. And so, like, as a heel, that should be what we're talking about. But instead, here we are um, dealing with people being absolutely crazy towards a woman who has never you know she's been on awtv once i think and hasn't been was back. She? i think she was yeah, she, she, she was kissed yeah yeah they kissed she like walked him to the ring one time um, oh but that's, like, that's but right but like it wasn't yeah it wasn't she wasn't introduced as mjf's girlfriend naomi it was like she was just walking to the ring and then they kissed and then after that it was like that's his girlfriend um but like She's not a recurring character. She's an artist who just makes art and has fun with wrestling. And now she's going to forever be known for this promo and this relationship with MJF. And maybe they'll get back together and maybe they'll swallow over. I don't know. 
but it it's everything that happens after that to me is more impactful for the story than this split. So I definitely see what you're saying. Um, that maybe it was, maybe he shouldn't have brought it up at all. Yeah. All I'll say is that if it's real and AEW is like, well, maybe we shouldn't work with her too much anymore just to avoid the drama. Like, you know, they should just hire Mel. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm, that's I'm always going to try and get Mel. Hire Mel anyway. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's a crime that she... Yeah. That Mel is it employed somewhere making big money for a wrestling company? Yeah, I know. Mel deserves the absolute world. Mel. Yep. Um, but that being said, I don't, Doc, I don't think you said who you thought was um, winning the Iron Man match. Oh, I think it's going to be MJF by some bullshit. Yeah. Even though I want it to be Brian. And then Haley and I are Team Danielson. Always. So. I think we covered the entire card. I mean, of course, there's going to be matches that are going to be announced. I think Jungle Boy Christian Cage will be announced. I think um, Orange Cassidy will probably do something on the buy-in. or whatever. Well, Orange, Orange Cassidy is facing... Is he facing Big Bill this week again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So I could see him, if they stick him on the card, going after either Lee or maybe Ethan Page gets a title shot. That would be interesting. And if that, if it's Ethan Page, I would like to see Ethan Page actually get the belt in that situation. And it should be Matt Hardy who helps him win it. Yeah. Because it would drive Ethan nuts that Matt was the one who actually <laughs> yeah. got him the belt. And then you could also, I think, um, Isaiah, because Mark Quinn's out, I think Isaiah would be upset at Matt Hardy for doing that. So then you could also further the Matt Hardy, uh, Isaiah Cassidy story in that situation. So... I anticipate that they're not going to have a pay-per-view that Orange Cassidy isn't on the card somewhere. Probably on... what if It's zero hour, I think they're mm-hmm. calling zero. it now. Um, I I don't know if Jade's going to make it on the card. Um, Who do you put Jade against right now? I don't know. And there's no one really that is in a spot where they could have a good like 10-15 minute match with her on the, on the buy-in. Um just because she's beaten everyone. <laughs> like there's Pretty like much. maybe I don't and people in the chat are saying Riho, Jade versus Riho, Riho. Yeah. Maybe that I mean that would be fun. It would be fun, yeah. I wouldn't mean yeah. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I I think Tony will try to find a way to get her on the card because Jade um she's always on the card and I think he likes Jade and I, I would like to see the TBS champion on, I think all the champions should be on the card. Uh, but other than that, I don't know what else they're going to announce. I fully expect Tony Khan to announce some dumb matches for the zero hour or announce, you know, an- five more matches for the main card because he's a psycho. Um, but that's all that's announced right now. So I mean, I think- get Eddie Kingston on the show. Come on. Is is he wrestling in the face of the revolution thing? Yes. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's who else here? I'm gonna Google it and find out who else is in it. Um, do you guys see any other matches being added to the card? I don't know. I feel like we covered everything that could potentially be on there. 
I mean, um, they could add something with Adam Cole. Yeah, isn't he supposed to wrestle? On Dynamite, right? On Yeah, after the pay-per-view. Oh, after? Cause he, yeah, because he said he's wrestling the night that the reality show debuts. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So the Face the Revolution ladder match got booted off the pay-per-view. Off the pay-per-view, it's on Dynamite uh, this week. The winner gets a TNT title shot. Right now, it's uh, Takeshita, Hobbs, Action Andretti, Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara, a uh, commander from uh, AAA, Ortiz, and AR Fox. So, I don't know. Eddie was doing stuff with ROH, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Hobbs because they're doing. The, I mean, they haven't done it in a long time. The Book of Hobbs. Well, Maybe. yeah, he like came back and had a match or two, and then it's been yeah. a couple of weeks since we've really heard from him. Mm -hmm. Maybe Hobbs then. I don't know. Is this the one where they reach and grab a big ass brass ring? Yeah, yeah. Or it one. used to be like a poker chip. Mm -hmm. Oh, but that's right. Wasn't it? Was that ever a briefcase? I don't think it was a briefcase. I, I think I made that up. Well, My wait, the, isn't the poker chip the casino ladder match? Yeah. Maybe. I, th I thought Face yeah, of the Revolution was the brass ring one. It is. It is. Because um, Hangman won the casino and he got the poker chip. Oh, yeah. Here's, yeah. here's Wardlow with his little brass ring. And Scorpio yeah. Sky won it, too. Yeah, he did. Whatever happened oh. to that guy? He's doing like basketball podcasts and stuff. Love that. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I don't like that there's not a Joker though in it. I love when they do the ladder matches and there's a Joker, but there's no Joker this time. Unless they just do a surprise Joker. I don't know, but I I don't know. I mean, they had to probably kick this off the show because of the uh, Iron Man match, which makes sense. Um, I I oh I kind of would almost rather they had done this and then had the winner have the TNT title match on the pay-per-view. And then you could put Wardlow in there and just have Wordlow win, but it's whatever. Oh, uh, like it's make whatever. it a triple threat? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, it's whatever, though. Um, I think, think Revolution is going to be a good show. I think coming out of it, though, I think the big takeaway um, is AEW has to do a lot here to do stories. I think... Especially the women's story and the elite, especially like you really, really need to do those because AW desperately needs that those stories to move on, but they also need some star power in both of those situations. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I guess those are my closing thoughts is that get the ball rolling. Like AW is it's like, we're at a point now where there's a lot of bad stuff and you need to cut the fat and that has to happen here. I think. So I'm I'm just hoping that Tony lets somebody else book ROH so he doesn't keep spreading himself too thin. I hope so. Just give it to like Christopher Daniels or something. Someone. I it doesn't even there's so many people backstage who could do it. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett could do it. Like <laughs> there's so many people. And uh it and I think a lot of people forget that Tony Khan also is heavily involved in an NFL team, which is a full-time job in itself. And a so, European and soccer, yeah. And the yeah. soccer, yeah. And so, he has like a marketing company based out of Chicago. Tony's literally, I don't know how what, he does what, it. 
he mentioned that to me when I interviewed him a couple of years ago, when I was like asking him about all his work, he's like, yeah, I got this, this, and this. I'm like, do you sleep? No, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, I definitely agree though. I think, especially if ring of honor is going to do TV and then they're going to have like ring of honor specific stories and it's going to be its own promotion. And there's going to be like little crossover. I think Tony just needs to give it to someone else because I think the AW product has suffered a lot since the Ring of Honor acquisition. Whether that's because Tony doesn't have time, whether I don't know what the deal is, but um, I definitely agree. And you have Maria Canellis right there. So that's where I'm at. Um, so, Haley, you want to give your closing thoughts and your plugs. And then, Doc, you can give your closing thoughts and your plugs. My closing thought is more of a manifestation. Um, I would like to see. Brie, Bella, um, at Revolution. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> what? No, I would like to see Revolution just because of the mention of like Birdie and Buddy. Um, and I just want to see her smack down a la Stephanie McMahon in like 2014. I would love to see that. Um, probably won't, but that's my manifestation and my closing thoughts. Um, <laughs> my plugs uh, you guys can follow me on twitter at Ann underscore um i'm kind of taking a break from everything else right now so i don't really have anything else to plug but you can follow me on twitter for whatever i'm doing yeah. gotcha uh you can follow me at br underscore doctor i uh i'll be covering revolution this weekend i might be on the watch along if they do one for fightful depends okay. Um, I'll be covering ROH every week starting this week as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, good stuff. Now I got the big plug well, you can me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. You are also watching tag talk on Fightful Overbooked. Um, Fightful Overbooked is the, like the ESPN two to Fightful's ESPN. So there's lots of stuff on here. There's tag talk, which is well, it's normally me and Haley, but like Haley said, she's taking a break. So I've been having a lot of special guests. Um, so you can go back and watch those. It's been a lot of fun having guests on the show. Um, so what was I going to say about Fightful? Oh, this is Fightful Overbooked. There's lots of stuff here. There's a lot of wrestling shows. They do, do other. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Having some connectivity issues over there. <laughs> I might have to take the plugs over. Oh, there we go. You're good now. You're back. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> um, I, I have Spectrum Wi-Fi, by the way. So if you know, you know. Um, anyway. I can't fix it. I know. I wish you could. There's wrestling stuff on Fightful Overbooked. There's non-wrestling <laughs> stuff. Um, so just go check out everything that's going on on Fightful Overbooked. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Like this video. If you're watching this after we go live, Hi. I'm glad you're here. Comment below your thoughts on AW Revolution, your thoughts on AW, any pitches or predictions you have, because I think this is like a really interesting time to be a fan of AW. I think there's a lot that could go wrong with this pay-per-view. There's a lot that could go right. So make sure you comment below for that. Tag Talk is live every Monday at 3 p.m. on Fightful Overbooked. Like I said, we'll have a special guest every week. Next week, we'll have our AW review. Um, I will have two special guests on that show. I'll announce that. Um, well, I don't know. I'll talk about it on Twitter at some point. I got, <laughs> I got to make sure they're 
Um, the guests are still wanting to do that. Um, I'll also be live tweeting AW Revolution. I'll probably not be on the watch along because I'm having friends over to watch it because this is the first time in a long time that I'm not going to be live at a pay-per-view and I'm very sad about it, but that's fine. I'll watch it at my house with my cheaper food and my freely accessible bathroom. <laughs> so watch, Watching pay-per-views from home is match, a better experience for me. And I get why you would say it's a better experience. Um, but I also, I, I just... <laughs> I don't know. I just love to be there and be involved. Um, also, Ace reminding me, Kate and Reg's Ring of Honor post show. Watch it. If you watch it, it'll be a more, uh, it'll happen again. They'll get it going. And Kate and Reg deserve the world. Watch the Ring of Honor post show. Um, you'll have to go follow them on Twitter because I don't know like the details on it. But like, go do that. Um, all that being said, I think I hit all the points in the plug. So thank you guys so much for joining us on our AW Revolution preview show um, from me, my adopted dad, and my apparently adopted sister. <laughs> thank you so much for watching Tag Talk. We will see you guys next week in the same time slot.